0: where do we fucking begin? <laughs> hey, uh, it's Linda Mariano here and I'm coming to you live from my bed. Ugh. It's a Friday night and I'm in a bedroom that I really did not see myself spending much, if any time in oh gosh there's like a bunch of DVDs here that are the, oh they've got dust on them because who watches DVDs these days right and then just a bunch of photos from me in year 12 with my three best friends which are still here, bikinis at a swimming carnival horribly thin eyebrows standing around in the drama shed at school it's weird, it's like I am in a fucking time capsule in this room so anyway why am i telling you this i'm telling you this because i this was not my intention this is not where i thought i would be right now i had grand plans to be somewhere else i had grand plans to be with someone else which oh my god this is the stuff i'm putting up with It doesn't matter. I can't do anything when it's going on anyway. That is the sound of my mum vacuuming my bathroom that I specifically told her, don't vacuum it. But no, it must be done on a Friday night. It simply must. She will not be meeting her salsa club night friends until my bathroom is clean. Are you done now? Okay. You can leave it upstairs. I can start upstairs. You Just leave it in here. Dance, dance, yeah. Dirty,
1: leave it here, Just
0: leave it here. I have to bring the extension. No, no, don't bother. I can, I know how to bring an extension cord upstairs. I know the pandemic screwed up a lot of your plans. Some small stuff. Some stuff's totally fucked up. I'm at the more fucked up end. Like you, there's a lot I'm trying to figure out right now. Family, love life and of course, health, career, and identity. My hand gets really fucking sore when I'm writing in my journal, so I thought I'd document what I am learning here, in this podcast. Tough love lessons on all the shit that counts. This episode, I'm laying out where I'm at. We're starting in the kitchen, at home, where I've been living for the past 10 months. Dad? So this is my dad, Michael. Hi, Dad.
1: Hi, darling. How are you going? You just caught me in uh, my favourite spot doing my cooking.
0: What are you cooking tonight?
1: Cooking uh, fish with potato, capers.
0: It smells amazing. How do you feel about your bloody mid-30s daughter living at your house, Dad?
1: Uh, my daughter is a dream to live with. But she... Don't lie! But, no, but she just Drives me crazy because she won't eat my food because she's on this. She's like a, a a rabbit.
0: Mom, what are you doing? I try to clean.
1: Can't help myself. No cleaning, I'm not happy.
0: So this is my mom, Janet. Hi,
1: mom. Hi.
0: We have this joke where we say that when mom dies and she goes into a, a coffin, we're gonna bury you with your sponges, your yes. cleaning sponges. Absolutely. Without it, I'm not going to die peaceful. <laughs> I need to rest in peace with all my sponges. Mum and Dad split up when I was 18. Many, many packages of sponges. It took them all years to now? be able to be in the yeah. same room together, honestly. But now they're good friends and they hang out every Friday night. OK, OK. Make sure I have sexy voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why they call themselves Sexy Janet. <laughs>
0: While I'm glad to be spending time with them, to be honest, I'd rather not be. I am grateful for being here. I want to savour this time with my parents, but I've always struggled with my family. Italian dad, Chinese mom. that's meant, you know... Expectations and strong values and being very close-knit your entire life. And that's why I crave independence. And if it wasn't for COVID, it's why I would be living in another country with my boyfriend.
2: It's good to have you back, Mm.
0: but your dream is back to US. Mm. Yes. Do you think I'll be able to get back there? Uh, in time, yes, but not right now. Maybe in a couple of years. I want to keep you a little bit longer so I can argue a little bit longer with you. <laughs> I want to clean. You won't let me. Because I'm telling you, I can clean the house on my day off. I just can't do nothing.
1: You like that crunchy bit, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a golden brown. How come? Yeah,
0: these, look at this one. I'm going to have one of those.
2: Thank you, Michael, for lovely dinner. Chef Michael. Oh, okay. Chef Michael.
1: No, no, no. Chef Michele. That's right, Chef, Chef Michele. Michele. Not Chef Michael. She always writes on WhatsApp, yeah. Chef Michele.
0: God, everyone just runs around here on a Sunday afternoon. Have you been kind to yourself lately? I haven't. For the first time ever, I've been thinking about my relationship to my physical and my mental health you know when you think about what's been going on this year it's made me so much more conscious of like friends that are immunocompromised my parents getting older the fact that my my body is a rapidly aging sack of shit so in my quest for health there's been a couple of main inspirations and one of those has been one of my best friends M. What did you buy me? I got you these. Here's your pad thai rice noodles here. I'm sliding them on the floor. <laughs> M Levens is my little health idol. She's seriously so healthy, she's so positive, and while the world is just fucking blazing, I want to know how we can get some of that energy. So how do you stay motivated? What's your What's your bloody M secret?
1: Mm, Okay, well, you never regret running. Um, Well, I never regret running anyway. And I think that that is because running for me is so much more than exercise. Um, It's definitely a way to get out of your head. It becomes all about you. So in a way, I think the way to keep motivated when it comes to exercise is to think of it as a selfish delightful activity that is something that's only for you and you know throughout our days our work is not all about us Um, you know our day-to-day we might be compromising on something to help a friend or a partner or giving some energy to a family member who's going through something but exercise becomes purely about us and that for me is the biggest motivator. Em told me how she nails the basics.
0: She's disciplined, she is in control And right now, where I'm at
1: in my life, that is super attractive. I feel the most me when I am exercising as much as I want to exercise and eating exactly how I want to eat. Do you think that it ties in? Because when we're like young girls growing up, it's like body image,
0: looking healthy, being healthy means a certain thing. But I think in our 30s, that kind of changes.
1: 100%. And I mean, you know, everyone says that your health is the foundation of everything else around you. Um, And I think that definitely recently and coming back exactly to that, where, you know, in our mid 30s, and there's been a few shifts, I think, around us that have, um, in our lifestyles or, you know, that have come with age, et cetera, that have really shifted what body image and what mental health and health in general mean to me. Um, Yeah, and I think some of it comes to that shift in knowing who I am, um, which, you know, in turn... Is that's come from me understanding what makes me happy? And as boring as it sounds, it's those little non-negotiables like exercising every day, eating well, mostly vegetables, mostly cooked by myself. Um, you know, going to bed early, drinking a shit ton of water. Um, they sound so boring, but they're the things that set me up to be happy because they're setting my health up um and then i think the other shift that we have to talk about is that we're at that age now where we're maybe thinking about having a baby or everyone around us is maybe thinking about having a baby and so through that process whether it's because you're gossiping with girlfriends or you're going to a doctor you're learning so much more about your body and that for me has put in perspective like i just keep thinking oh my god that's amazing that my body can do that or will do that etc etc and so it's gone from that thing when you know you're a teenager and you want long legs and a tiny waist or whatever to these new things that you have never even knew you needed to worry about where you're like god i hope i've got a good egg count god i hope my cervix is this shape blah 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 blah
0: with a bit of motivation from M. I'm out for a run. Oh, I fucking hate running. Oh my god, I haven't done a run in so long. But I had an excuse. I had to take some time off. I um I froze my eggs. <laughs> I know. Crazy right? So I don't know if you know anyone that's done it or if you've thought about doing it, but this was the year of like thinking about health. Thinking about my vulnerabilities. Things that I've kind of shafted to the back of my mind. You know, like bullshit biological clock, female stuff. So I've still got a long way to go, but I've confronted a lot of things already in this past 12 months. And this intimidating bullshit... Oh, you're getting your step count. Biological clock female stuff is one of them. I don't think we chat about it enough. So that's why I want to share it with you. But we'll get to that. Mm. Oh, my God. Jesus, that's Mm. loud. Fuck. Whoa.
2: Hey, Linda, can you hear me?
0: Now, let me just check your level. Give me a little level.
2: One, two, buckle my shoe. I
0: missed you, Louie. At the end of 2019, I quit my job at Triple J. Presenting a show on Triple J was fun, secure. Of course, it was just like a dream. So saying goodbye was hard, but it was definitely the right call. My friend, Louie McCurdy, knows how it feels. He was like me, a radio presenter on every day. And then one day he left the country and the industry.
2: Yeah, because I've had some really interesting jobs here. And so I've been a gardener for a charity that I did free gardening for for old people. I got to ride a little tricycle around full of gardening tools and, you know, I'd pull up out the front on my (laughs) tricycle. I think I
0: called you once when you were doing that. Yeah, I
2: loved that job. Another one was I drove an animal ambulance um, and and just like drove sick cats to different farms.
0: Leaving a job you love when you don't know what's going to come next is scary, but Louis worked it out in his own Louis way.
2: I really reflect and think I could have done with some uh, some counselling on on how to re-enter society. But I, th- I think running away from it all was the best thing for me, and and here I am still run away in um, London. What was it that made you f- like kind of struggle? What were you struggling with? I I think not having. Well, not having anyone around, really, um, that knew exactly what I had been through. Not not that Triple J was traumatising or anything, quite the opposite. Uh, it was a constant day-to-day celebration <laughs> of, of, like, everything that people enjoy and want to be around. So, uh, you know, when, when you leave that environment, who do you talk to to, like, you know, spread the joy and, and, and re- reflect in the glory Almost, uh, yeah. and, and so I, I, felt, I felt a bit lonely in, in, those, in those moments. Um, I think it's been a nice uh, period of my life where, where I've had to get comfortable in my own skin without the, the backbone of a national radio network to give me my self-esteem and my, uh, you know, day-to-day satisfaction.
0: How close is your career linked to your identity? What's feeding what? Does your self worth hinge on your success at work? These are the sorts of questions I've been asking lately. And you don't have to present on radio to know what I'm talking about. It's something you might have asked yourself too. So we'll be tackling it. I promise you, we'll figure it out. When you left Triple J, did you clock off? Like, did you unfollow, not like, was it like an ex girlfriend that you couldn't look at their feed or anything?
2: Yeah, hugely. Yeah, because because it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> to not, not not be a part of it. And, you know, you, I.
0: Even though uh, it was, even though it was your call.
2: Yeah, but you also feel a bit of guilt, like you're walking away from this thing. So I, I felt like I was abandoning uh, the, the posts for, for for a little while. Again, I think this all goes back to not talking to anyone about it. You know, I just had to keep my chin up, that kind of thing. What I wanted was I wanted to progress in a human way. And I wanted to be working with my hands and developing skills and, and uh, being in the real world a, a little bit more, So I, and I knew I couldn't do that in Australia, so I just left.
0: We've looked at the relationship with family, the relationship with ourselves in terms of health and career. So now, let's get into love life. And for me, it's the toughest one I've been dealing with. Am I right? Wait, it cut out. I cut out as soon as you started talking about the movie. What did you say it was about? I hate it when it
2: does this.
0: Yeah, no, it, it cut out for a little bit. <laughs> oh. Um, But can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, this, no, is yeah this is Magnus. And this so is how that. it sounds when we communicate. You're a very it's a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> For four years, we've been in a long distance relationship. The backstory is we met in LA, and since then, we've been visiting each other. We go back and forth between the States and Australia every couple of months. And while these circumstances sucked, Us as a couple has felt solid. It's why we've survived long distance. And Magnus and I had this grand plan. We'd work really hard, we'd be really nice to each other along the way. And then at the end of 2019, I'd quit my job and I'd move to the US to live and work. We had it all lined up. And then, yeah.
1: Did I tell you
0: one time she found a she found a condom in my bag and she thought it was a packet of chewing gum. So instead, my life in the last year has been the same as previous years, except so much worse because we can't visit each other anymore. Australia's got a travel ban, we're not married, so a visa is impossible, and, I mean, getting on a plane to America right now is probably not a very good idea. And then another time she found a bong in my bag and she thought it was a vase. So the day's blur. Classic. We wake up, text straight away, calls, calls throughout the day, peppered with more messages, like the food I'm eating, the dog I saw, the sunset, and then a call to say goodnight. It's this beautiful bookend of feeling loved and supported when you don't actually get to see the person in real life. And it's the same thing the next day. Guess what I just did? A shower. So I know the pandemic screwed up a lot of your plans. And it hurts because you might have done everything right but it got taken out of your hands and now your options are limited and if you're missing your special someone, there's none of that, oh, at least I'll see you in blah, blah, blah month. It's hard. But if you're in the same boat as me or one that's kind of similar, maybe alongside, you'll know why it's worth it. So what can we do to get through? How can we use this time to keep our love intact, not deteriorate, and maybe even grow? Will you
2: let me know when I'm done being recorded?
0: Surely there are ways that we can make long-distance relationships easier. Are you really? Even when everything seems stacked against you.
2: Okay, well, there you go. Let me know when I'm done.
0: Stick with me. We're going to try and work it out.
2: Okay, but now it's done? Okay, thank you.
0: Call you soon. Love you, bye. Tough Love is a podcast by me, Linda Mariano. Produced by me and Amelia Chapello, with support from Mike Williams. Join me every two weeks on your podcast player. Make sure you hit subscribe so you can hear new episodes when they're out every fortnight. Send me a note on Insta anytime at Linda Mariano. I would love to hear from you or email hellotoughlove at gmail.com. Thank you. Love you. Bye.